Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Join us for some holiday cheer on another 99th episode. The minus is we were going to use that money to pay off the bill, so now that bill's going to need to be paid at a monthly rate instead of just getting paid off. But hey, we got a little. That is adulting Christmas. And now we're going to talk about the more fun things of Christmas. Yeah, so Merry Christmas, Paul. Merry Christmas to you too. As far as everybody knows, we're recording this right on Christmas Day, right? You recorded on Christmas Day and immediately turned it around <laughs> and put it out for everybody to listen to. That's our, that's our dedication to That's you. right. It's definitely not actually 16 days before Christmas. Uh, I mean, family, eh, they can deal with it. They'll have fun on, on their own while we're in, in our offices recording. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. my kids got plenty of toys to open right now to you know keep them busy. So Yeah, and kids aren't that thrilled about toys, if I remember right. Yeah, they, they get kind of bored. Although when I was a kid, there were definitely some toys I liked getting for Christmas. You know, I was thinking about this because you suggested one of the things we talk about is our favorite Christmas gifts that we received as uh, children. Yep. And I had a hard time remembering a lot of stuff and actually more so whether I got it for Christmas or for a birthday. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. There are a couple things that stand out to me, but kind of for specific reasons. The, the 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 one Christmas that I got gifts that stand out, like one, they were gifts that I really did enjoy, so I'll talk about them. But my mom kept all of our blankets in her bedroom closet, and she also kept all the Christmas presents in her bedroom closet. And so one year as a kid, my mom says, go get me a blanket. So I go get her a blanket. And all the presents are just right there, unwrapped. What? That's a yeah. That's an awful fail right there. Yes, yeah, it's like, oh, look at these things that I'm going to be getting. This is cool. <laughs> oh wow. Um, I did. I, I did feel guilty about seeing my presents, and I, I later told my mom, and she's like, "Well, should we return them?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I saw what they are, and they are definitely the things that I would like. Is it? And I mean, I was. I don't know, I must have been like uh, 8 to 10-ish. Like, you know, I wasn't like an older kid. That, that That's actually why I remember this one in particular. Other than that, like, I, yeah, kind of same thing. I had a hard time remembering. There's one as a, as a teenager that I can remember, and then this one as a kid. So I, I guess that, you know, it's, it's hard to remember what stands out as far as, like, when we got the things, but... Yeah, so should we just start into that? Or, yeah, let's, or, let's or, just jump into it. We're going to talk about... Our childhood Christmas memories. Yeah. And I think when you're a child, it's all about the presents. Right? It's all about the what you getting. <laughs> you know, that's, that's definitely what you're excited about. But, like, one thing looking back and thinking about it and also seeing, like, how my son reacts to it. He's eight. He loves holidays. All holidays. Any holiday, he loves it. Uh, but Christmas is definitely um, number one. I think like Christmas and Halloween are kind of one A and one B. They're they're just up there equal for him, you know. Hmm, okay. Um, but Christmas is like this kind of like a two month period of being excited because he starts getting excited before Thanksgiving, even even though he's excited about Thanksgiving because he just loves all the holidays. But Christmas is just this build and this build and this build and this build, and then even once it happens, as a kid, you usually get so many gifts that you kind of you enjoy a batch of them for a while and then you kind of move on to another batch of them and um you know it's like you can't play with all these different new things at the same time you play with you know 
these action figures and then you play with these video games and so it kind of takes you a while to get through enjoying everything right yeah plus as a, a child you've got the extra time off from school so you've got like that extra week or week and a half of time to enjoy all this stuff so there's definitely this runway of of time to enjoy all these cool new toys that you got so yeah that's a it's a yeah. wonderful time. That week between Christmas and New Year's is like new fun thing extravaganza. Yeah, yeah, I always loved it. Christmas has always been my favorite holiday, and not just because of getting presents, but I love the just all the the elements of Christmas. Um, and I think I love all the the different parts of Christmas because it's a time that is about just being cheerful, being generous, um, being thoughtful, uh, like all, all kind of the best qualities of how we can treat each other. And obviously as adults now, we can see that there's a lot of negative qualities people actually act with during Christmas. And Christmas isn't a great time for everybody. You know, some people, it's not a good time of year for, for various reasons. But for me, it was always a just like I, I always loved family stuff anyways. Um, when I was little, my family used to all get together for stuff. And then by the time I was probably like maybe right before a teenager or getting into my teenage years, that suddenly just like kind of shattered. And, and there were like segments of family getting together instead of it all being together. But I think rooted in when I was, it was really little and like not just uh, my mom's side or my dad's side, but both sides of the family would get together and we'd have these massive family get-togethers were just great. So yeah, so th- that's th- that's kind of why I love Christmas. Just all, all the, the, the cheer and the positivity. And that's kind of how I try to be just in, in general all the time, you know? But yeah, so talking about the toys, I'll tell the story of, of uh, this this one Christmas, the toys that I can remember that my mom you know, left out for me to see basically. So I've mentioned before that I got into wrestling as a kid, kind of stumbled on it on my own, fell in love with it. And so this was after I was really into Ninja Turtles. I mean, I was still into Ninja Turtles, so I had like all my Ninja Turtle figures. But then when I got into wrestling, it kind of took that spot where uh, that was my main focus was stuff. And I had various figures, um, They weren't as easy to... Like, nowadays, you can find wrestling stuff all the time anywhere, right? Yeah, I think so. I I guess. (laughs) You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) You you can go to Target and get wrestling toys. You can go to Walmart. You can go to, you know, plus, like, cards and T-shirts and, like, I mean, pretty much everything. Like, it's very marketable now. When I was a kid, you you hardly found anything anywhere. Like, it was after the, the 80s boom of Hulkamania... And it was before it got settled in the mainstream culture. Like, I guess, I don't know, like, Attitude Era is when yeah, it just started, sure. you know, settling in there. And that That's was after like I stopped watching wrestling. Steve Austin and The Rock, yep. is that kind of right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it started resonating, I think, with more people because it was full of attitude, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, like, I, you know, I didn't find stuff often. Like, when I was a kid, when I would randomly find wrestling figures i would be so excited and want to get as many as i could because i didn't know when they would disappear or when i would ever be able to find more again you know and it certainly was before nowadays where you can go online and buy stuff uh so you can like track down what you want even if you pay extra for it like you couldn't do that back then so this one christmas as i mentioned my mom basically told me to go peek at the presents 
And one of the things that she got me, um, or her and my dad got me, was a wrestling ring, like the WWF wrestling ring. And I was so excited because I had all these figures, but I had to, like, make makeshift rings. Like shoeboxes and stuff. Yeah, my first mm-hmm. wrestling ring was actually, I took the, the top off of an old broken VCR. <laughs> so it was like a close to square shape, but it was like a little bit rectangle. There was no like obviously like postering ropes or anything like that. So it was all just in my head, right? But it was also a raised platform rather than just playing on, on a box, you know? So it was, it worked. And then a little bit after that, I actually built one out of wood and used that for a long time. That was an actual square one. Like, I'm assuming my dad probably cut the wood for me and then I I nailed it all together. But getting an actual wrestling ring was the best thing. And they must have got it, like, on clearance. There were no stickers included in it. Um, Like, basically, all the extra things that were in it were missing. So it was just the ring and, like, the posts and the ropes, and it came with, um, like, an American flag that you could put in the corner. Very minimal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was missing all the decals that it was supposed to have. It was supposed to have a championship belt. It was missing all that, but it was just the best thing in the world for me. Um, I, I loved it. Um, I got that. I got some more wrestling figures. Um, so that's, as a, as a kid, that's the one, like, toy present that I can clearly remember. Aside from, like, one year we got bikes, you know, and stuff like that. Like, the way my parents did Christmas was we would get one big gift from Santa, and then we'd have, like, all the other gifts from them. And, of course, we'd have the stocking. My mom was always really good at being meticulous with the stockings and and having a, a, like, really wide variety of stuff in there. So you get, like, lots of different kinds of candies and then little toys and stuff like that. And it's kind of cool because my wife... Same way, like, she's very meticulous with uh, wanting to make a good stocking. The stocking, she makes sure nobody hears, I think my son's downstairs <laughs> doing schoolwork, but the stocking is from Santa in our yeah. household, and that's, like, kind of the the main Santa thing, and then everything else is from us. We do something really similar. When I was growing up, our stocking was from Santa, and then we had all our other gifts, which were from my parents, and... Our rule was because, of course, my sister and I would wake up early on Christmas morning because we were excited because <laughs> we were kids. <laughs> and but my mom was always wanted to sleep in because she was always up late wrapping gifts and doing everything uh, like preparing everything uh, late. And so she always wanted to sleep in. So there was this tension between, well, my sister and I want to, it's 6am, we're ready to go. And uh, my mom wants to sleep in. So, hey, we need to give mom some time to sleep in till at least like eight o'clock or 730 or so. So the rule was that we were able to open up our stockings after we woke up and we had to wait for the rest of our presents until my mom woke up. And so, yeah, our stockings were usually just kind of fun little things, candies and pencils and papers and stuff like that. And one year, I remember I really wanted the G.I. Joe action figure barbecue. And do you know barbecue? He's the orange no. and gray firefighter. No, I don't. He's basically, he, he, he has a, a gray helmet, orange outfit with some gray padding and stuff and he's the firefighter of the gi joe team and i wanted 
this figure so bad. Like that was, I think probably the thing on my Christmas list (laughs) was (laughs) barbecue. And (laughs) when you're six, I don't think I quite understood a lot of the difference between big things and little things or more expensive things or less expensive things. You you know, I just, when you're six, you don't quite understand that, that concept about like, you know, Oh, this is a big gift to ask for, or this is a small gift to ask for. And so I'm used to my stocking stuff, just being little fun, little whatevers. But that year I opened up barbecue in my stocking and I was just blown away because it seemed like a like big present level of gift just in my stocking. And I was like, wow, I can't believe it. Man. It's like the equivalent of giving out full-size candy bars at uh, Halloween, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a perfect example. Like, yeah, it just, it, I didn't even think that that was possible to get something like that in your stocking. And, you know, it's probably like a, two or three dollar action figure looking back at it or something like that but in in my mind it was like one of my main presents that i got for the year was this barbecue action figure so that was uh, a really <laughs> fun mind-blowing experience for six-year-old sean that's awesome that's a, that's a good story it's funny because i mean that's same way with with my son like he wants different things and like the value of things don't have as much meaning. Like he's starting to get it now because when he wants stuff, like, I mean, he's our only kid and we're still bad about spoiling him and, and, you know, buying him things. Cause we feel like it, you know, um, it's kind of one of our, if we're feeling stressed out, it's easy to buy him something and it feels less guilty than just buying crap for ourselves kind of a deal. <laughs> okay. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's funny to me cause my wife, uh, you know, she's the one kind of in charge of the stockings and like, I'm good at, um, thinking of lots of different gifts to get him. She's good too at that. But, um, like I kind of make sure we build up a cross section of, of gifts, but I always tell her it's like the stockings for you to figure out, uh, because it's like, I'm busy. Like that time of year is busy for work with me. And so it's like, my mind's in a lot of stuff. So it's not like I have time to like, think about the, um, the nuances, you know, she's better with that. Also, she makes me wrap everything, uh, and she just does the stocking and doesn't wrap anything. So, <laughs> hmm, okay, that sounds like a fair division yeah, of labor. Not really, but <laughs> I'm, I'm good at wrapping, and she doesn't want to deal with it. So, well, I mean, I, I'm always happy to get out of the thinking process whenever possible. Mm-hmm. If I if I can get more doing and less thinking, I am usually happy with that. Or maybe not even thinking, but decision-making along those things. Because I always hem and haws like, ah, should I get this for this person or should I get that for this person? I don't really know. You know, I am get terrible about those sorts of decision-making things. So if I can just do the doing, I'm very happy. Yeah. And making a good stocking really is about nuances too because you have to have a good balance of stuff. So you can't like just have candy you can't just have um a bunch of like crappy like if you don't really put thought into it you get too much of the same thing and then it's just kind of like you know you could have just barely filled the stocking and it would have gotten the same effect but having a a variety of stuff and then sometimes she can kind of prompt me with a cue but then i can figure out more things to go along that way so we were in bull moose one day the store that I've mentioned many times mm-hmm. and they have little toys. And my son was just enamored with this. It was like a, a 
pirate knife, I think it was. And when you stab something with it, the blade goes inside of it. So you could pretend to actually stab something, you know? Oh, the best type of toy knife. Yeah, so she's like, you should come back and get that one day. So one day I was out wherever, like, you know, running to another store for work or whatever. And I went into a different bull moose. They didn't have that, but I found a jaw harp and a kazoo for like a couple, few bucks each. So I was like... Oh, though, though, like he'll he'll just be enamored by those. So I got those, and then another day I went up to the the bull moose that we had seen the the knife thing at, and I got that for him. So it's like in his talking, he's gonna have those few little gifts on top of um, you know all the other stuff. It's like those nuances add up. But what cracks me up with my wife is like she'll want to put smaller presents in the stocking just so they don't need to be wrapped and opened. Mm. And I'm like. Wait, but this toy costs like ten freaking dollars. Like it's it's not a stocking toy. But I'm like, eh, whatever. If she wants to put it in there, that's fine. But like I an action you. figure or something like that. Like action figures are not cheap anymore. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they certainly aren't. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so the uh, the other one that I could specifically remember getting something specifically for Christmas was when I was probably actually like just out of high school. You know, I was still. A teenager, um, you know, still kind of relied on things like Christmas to to get things that I wanted. And that year, I wanted to get an Xbox. So Xbox was like the equivalent generation of PS2, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had had a PS1, but then um, my, my friends, which basically was my cousin and his friends, all got into playing Halo on Xbox. Uh, so, like, one of my cousin's friends had an Xbox and had Halo, and we would go over and play. And, you know, over time, like, we all enjoyed playing with each other so much that we amassed more controllers. Eventually, my cousin got an Xbox for either his birthday or Christmas. Um, so, when it, you know, when it came time that I, you know, wanted to get the next generation system, I wanted to get an Xbox. And... I asked for Madden because that's just always been, you know, one of my favorite games to play. I always that that's also part of the reason why I can't be satisfied just with like whatever the Nintendo system is because sports games on Nintendo like don't even hold, you know, they they don't even hold comparison to on Xbox or PlayStation, right? Like very different experience. So it just doesn't hold up. Uh so I asked for for Madden and I got the Xbox for Christmas and my aunt and uncle got me Madden. And I was super excited about it. Very happy to get it. And I remember my aunt being like, yeah, we were going to get you the like the one that was like a year or two old because uh, it was way cheaper, uh-huh. as sports games do, of course. But they were out of it. So, we, you know, we just got you this one. I was like, oh, thank God they were out of it because no <laughs> I wanted the new one, <laughs> no you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I remember we um, – I we were out at my mom's house. So, by, by this time, my mom and – dad were divorced my mom was remarried and uh we were out at their house and i played madden until probably like two in the morning just like it was just like i loved it yeah it'd been a long time since i had had a game like that because when i stopped like before i got the xbox i actually stopped playing video games for a while because i was kind of at that age where it's like i'm not sitting at home playing video games i'm like if i have any spare time i'm trying to go out with friends and stuff like that you know and uh i think at the time my cousin lived basically like 
just the neighborhood over from where I was living with a friend of mine. So, and I was spending all my free time with my cousin and his friend. So I had sold my PlayStation a while before I got a new system. So it had been quite a while. So I was so excited to play it. And, you know, by that time Madden was developing into, um, you know, a lot more depth of content, like challenges to complete and stuff like that. So it wasn't just you play a game and that's it. It was, you know, as you play games, you're accomplishing these milestones and it's being tracked and stuff like that. And that's definitely something that resonates with me and that I that I love. That's why now uh, my favorite thing on Madden and, and pretty much the only thing I play when I have Madden is Madden Ultimate Team. Because it's like mixing uh, like an RPG card game with playing football. Hmm. Cool. So, but yeah, so those are the, those are the two um, the two times I specifically remember something I got for Christmas. Uh, for the most part, it's really more about the just the the atmosphere and I guess the process more than the product. You know. Yeah, I've got two more that I specifically remember for Christmas. One is going to be the year following the barbecue action figure year, and there was a set of G.I. Joes that I saw at Toys R Us. And Toys R Us was a very, very rare store for us to go to as kids. My mom never took us there. If anywhere, we would go to like Target or probably Woolworths or Kmart or something like that, but never really go to Toys R Us. But I saw at Toys R Us, there was a set of G.I. Joe action figures called the Special Mission Brazil set. It was five figures. Four of them were figures that already existed, but in different colors. And there was one brand new figure, and it came with a cassette tape with a G.I. Joe adventure on it. And so that was the thing on my list. That's what I wanted more than anything. And that year for Christmas, it was one of those, did your parents ever do the thing where they would give you all the gifts and then they say, well, there's one more for you. <laughs> I actually don't think they ever did that. Okay. My parents would do that all the time <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it because this and the next one is is both that sort of thing. But we opened all our gifts and usually like our, our main presents that weren't stocking stuff, it was a mix of fun stuff and practical stuff. So like half the presents would be like clothes that we needed. The other half would be toys and fun stuff. We weren't like exceptionally spoiled uh, on Christmas. We don't wouldn't get like dozens of presents and it's all like fun stuff. And we had opened up all our presents. I was like, oh, okay. And I think my mom kind of played it off the entire Christmas season as I, I, I don't know if, if we'll be able to get that for you. It's pretty expensive, blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it. And then we had opened up all our presents and I didn't get it. So I was kind of like, okay, you didn't get it. And then the, my parents did that, but there's one more thing. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they pulled out the present that was hidden behind the curtains in the front room. And I opened it and it was the special mission Brazil set. And so I got all those figures. And it's interesting now that that set is one of the more collectible G.I. Joe sets because it was one of the first Toys R Us exclusive products and it has a figure that you couldn't get anywhere else and so it wasn't released as widely so uh, unfortunately I, I played with all my figures to death and I think I even traded some of them away for other figures as, as I did as a kid yeah. and um, but I was just thrilled 
to get that special mission Brazil set. That's awesome. Yeah, stuff like that's so fun. Like I, I may not be able to remember a lot of things specifically, but I mean that's that's what made Christmas great is, you know, you knew you were going to get some stuff. There was some stuff, you know, you didn't know. But, you know, when it came down to it, even if you didn't get exactly everything you asked for or whatever, that's not really, you know, what mattered the most. It was just, like, the the whole, like, how you go about it. Yeah. Um, plus, like, we, you know, we'd have a family get-together around Christmas. So, like, you know, you get a few presents from aunts and uncles and stuff like that. And usually we would do that before Christmas. So you'd have, like, a little while of, like, you got some new toys before Christmas to, you know, to enjoy and then, uh, you know, Christmas Eve, we would get one present. My mom was always good about, like, carefully selecting what we got to open on Christmas Eve. So that way it'd, it'd be something that we would enjoy. I think one year, though, she screwed up and she let me open uh, bed sheets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and granted, they were uh, they were Ninja Turtle bed sheets. But um, I, I think she went whoops and let me open another one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny too. Like everybody has d- different traditions, and one thing that I was just thinking of, like we're talking about, you know, stockings and what they mean. And you know, like I said, I kind of quieted down when I was saying it because here stockings are from Santa, so we don't want sure. Sammy to know we got them. So I mean, as a kid growing up, for us, stockings were from Santa. My cousins that lived like right down the street from us, they would open their stockings on Christmas Eve, and so like stockings for them clearly wasn't from Santa. And I think that's funny. It's like this. Um, easy to implement cognitive dissonance of being a kid and being like, eh, I'm not paying attention to that, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like we, we knew what they did, but we didn't let that tell us that, uh, that, you know, Santa wasn't real. Like, it didn't matter really if Santa was real or not. Like, we chose to believe Santa was real, even if, you know, when we got to the the age where we could know better if we chose to, you know? Sure. Well, we didn't have a chimney in our house growing up, so I just assumed that my parents stayed up and let them in the back door. <laughs> that, that's, that's the story I had in my head about how it worked. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and and that actually fit in. Like, that's why mom's always tired, because she has to stay up late and let Santa into the house. Makes sense. You know, it'd, it'd be yeah. nice if Santa could just drop by a little earlier, but, you know. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I just thought of one other Christmas present that I got as a as a kid that was like when I was talking about the you know family get together ones. I always I always loved action figures, like any action figures too. It just didn't just have to be my favorite ones. Um, like my favorites were Ninja Turtles and then wrestling figures. But aside from that, um, like I had you know some uh, Marvel figures. I had I even had random stuff like uh, one figure from Terminator Two and. One figure from Predator and, uh, like, a last action hero action figure and just, like, totally random stuff. But one year, my aunt and uncle got me a package set of Marvel action figures that had probably, like, I don't know, like, eight or ten figures in it. And we went up to their house. Um, they lived in Tehachapi. We lived in Rosemont. So they were, like, I don't know, half an hour away. I'm not, I don't remember how far Tehachapi is from Rosemont, but... We went up to their house, you know, for the get-together, and Tehachapi got snow sometimes, and, like, I mean, you know, California, like, most places don't get snow, and Rosemont's in the Mojave Desert. Tehachapi's just up in the mountains, so it gets snow sometimes. Uh, so it's, like, going up there, it's like we might get to see some snow and stuff like that. But yeah, so, like, uh, getting this package of action figures is just awesome, especially, like, at a thing like that where it's like, okay, it's not just, like, one thing I can't really play with, but there's a bunch of figures so I can actually play, and then on the drive home, having this nice long drive home, being able to play with them was pretty great. Mm, that's cool. So that's the end of my toys that I can think of. Uh, but I've what, got, what else? I've got one more. 
that right. I want to say. It's similar, and this is probably, this may have been maybe even the year after the Special Mission Brazil set. It was either the year after or two years after. It may have been two years after, thinking about the years stuff came out and stuff. But it was one of those years where I opened up all the presents, and I was like, okay, this is cool. I got some good stuff. And then my parents said, but there's one more thing. (laughs) And they said, well, it wouldn't fit under the tree, so it's in the washing machine. (laughs) And it's like, what? It's like, okay. So I went out to the washing machine, and there's this giant box sitting in the washing machine. So we pulled it out, and it was a Nintendo Entertainment System. Nice. Yeah, so I got an NES. It was probably 1987 or 1988 that year. I I don't remember which year, but man, I was so thrilled to get that. I wanted one of those more than just about anything. And it was amazing to get a Nintendo for Christmas. I would have to guess that I got a Nintendo for Christmas. I don't specifically remember getting, like, when we got it, but the Nintendo was definitely more for me than anybody else. Um, And it may have been specifically for me. But I was probably young enough that I just don't exactly remember it. But, yeah, the the feeling of getting something like that, like, I remember, you know, it's like you want to take it out of the box and play it, but I just remember, like, having a, you know a reverence for the whole thing and the whole process and you open it up and you like you you enjoy the experience of unboxing it you enjoy the the packaging and you know the the things that are on the box and the things that are inside the box and stuff like that yeah i hate it nowadays when you buy an expensive item and the packaging is so minimal it just feels like i mean it's not like they need a waste on packaging but it's like if you're buying something expensive like you know make it feel like it's actually packaged in something that's meant to protect it and like have information about what you're buying. I think that's one thing that's lost mm-hmm. a little bit nowadays with information being just readily available online. Um, like for example, have you seen the Mario Legos? No, I haven't. So they have Mario Lego sets uh, and they're, they're kind of crazy because they, when you get the, the base set, they actually uh, have sensors and they interact with each other. So you can play with them like you're playing a Mario game and it does stuff. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So my, my son's super interested, and he doesn't have, like, he only has one of the, like, the side sets because, like, the starter set's expensive. So we let him get another set that it doesn't do all the fancy stuff because you have to have the starter set. Mario is only in the starter set. So we open it up. There's no directions. You have to go uh, uh, online to get the directions. And... It was no big deal. Like, there's actually an app you can download. So, like, I was able to download the app on my wife's iPad. So, you know, we were able to, to do that. And there's different ways to interact with it on the iPad. So there's a lot of cool stuff involved. But that's pretty crappy not having the directions in the box. That's also yeah, really that's assuming that anybody is going to... And it, it does say on the outside of the box you have to go online and get the directions. But that's just so cheap. Just Just put the directions in the damn box. Like, what if somebody buys this for a kid... And the kid gets it and wants to put it together, and then they can't. Because guess what? Kids don't all have internet access readily available like every adult does, pretty much. But also, yeah. not everybody does, you know? So that that bothered me, um, and obviously it wasn't a, a, an impact in our experience, but it just is like, yeah. I like When you get a good gift, like that's a part of it, you know? You want to have these things to interact with. That's why... You know, if you really love, um, if you really love a band, 
you don't just want to listen to their music on Spotify. That's fine for listening to it. But like if, if your favorite band releases a new album, you're probably going to go buy that album, even if you know you're just going to listen to it on Spotify, right? Well, I, I, I've kind of changed in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I have too. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't but buy yeah, music I used anymore. To, yeah. But mm-hmm. but if... um, So here, I'll give you an example for, for me that would, would resonate. If they finally sort stuff out with De La Soul, where they can release their albums, because they're, they're out of print now, because Tommy Boy doesn't want to pay the money for the licensing fees for the samples, because with digital streaming now... The, the laws are all different. Like anything, any agreement that was done before doesn't apply now because it, things have changed. But mm. if they sort that out and then they re-release all of their albums, I will absolutely buy all of those. Because okay. even though I'd be able to listen to it streaming, I would want like the process of going through that. I would want to own them. But as gotcha. a, you know, like for you and me, it's different. But like as a, as a kid or a teenager, like if you're, you know, I want this, like you want to be able to interact with it. My eight year old son. I can say that with like he gets exposed to music um, often through like my wife listening to Pandora and stuff like that. And he wants to have a CD like he wants it, you know, so having the CD and he just looks and looks and looks at the CD case and the, the liner notes and stuff like that. And he's only eight. So like the packaging is a big part. So like you saying, getting the Nintendo, like just the whole experience is so cool. Yeah, it was man. I was so happy. And it only, it had the one game. It was the combination Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And it had the the zapper with it to play Duck Hunt. Yeah. I played those two games so, so much. I got to the point where I wasn't like speed run levels of Mario, but I could just get through the entire game pretty darn quickly. Because I think it was a while before I got any other games. It probably wasn't until my birthday the following year which would have been five months later that i got another nintendo game so for a good long time the only games i had was super mario brothers and duck hunt yeah i miss that too like it's i mean especially as adults but like as a i guess it it more is an adult thing like as kids like you couldn't just go out and get another game so i got some Mm -hmm. awful games as a kid that i played the hell out of because that's all i had you know (laughs) oh yeah i had the rambo Nintendo game, which I think is somewhat notorious for being a terrible, terrible game. And I played it until I figured out I could beat the whole thing eventually. And man, it took forever to figure out how to do it because it was such a weird, bizarre game. But (laughs) yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And I, I finally... Once I could finally beat the game, I was so, so excited. It was That was always um, a big moment as a kid was beating a video game for me because I feel like it was harder back then. And it's probably just because I was a kid, so it felt like much more of an achievement. It felt like this true challenge that I had surmounted and achieved versus now with a video game, it feels like it's more just a matter of time until I beat it. And so, like, beating a game now just means I've spent a lot of time. But as a kid, I feel like beating a game meant I put a lot of effort into the game, not just time. And so it, it felt different then than it does now. Yeah, I mean, games were different, and you're correct that it, it was more of an accomplishment because games were unforgiving, especially, like, Nintendo. Almost no games had saves, you know? Like, you played Super Mario Brothers, 
You didn't save your progress and go back to it. You played through the whole game where you started over the next time. Uh, so you definitely had to develop a, an increasing level of skill because you had to be able to get through more of the game without losing lives to get deeper into the game to have those lives to spend on the parts you hadn't gotten to and figured out yet. You had to learn the nuances of the level and stuff like that to get through them better. So it's definitely a, a learning experience and a skill building experience. And mm-hmm. you don't get that the same now. Yeah. I mean, like, so you said you, uh, how old were you when you got it? I guess I should say. Probably eight. Yeah. Eight or, yeah, probably eight. And I, I think I was probably, I can't, like I said, I can't remember exactly when, but I was probably like maybe five or six when I got a Nintendo. And like, I remember playing through Super Mario Brothers. My son is, he's eight and just now starting to figure out how to get better games like that. Because when he first tried them like a couple years ago, they were way too hard for him. And he had no reason to want to try that challenge because he had these other games to play that did not have that challenge, you know? He could play mm-hmm. Minecraft on creative mode and build stuff, and that's, that was his speed, you know? A great example of that. But when my, li- my wife and I lived in California, uh, aside from the last like nine months where we lived by ourselves in the cheapest apartment we could find uh, to get ready to move to Maine... Uh, we lived with another couple, and they were, I mean, basically the same age as us, a little bit younger than us, uh, but they were both very into video games. They actually met each other through playing Final Fantasy online. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and so uh, they both really loved video games. Um, this was during the Switch era of, Nin- or, I'm sorry, not Switch, uh, the Wii era of Nintendos, and DSs were big. Like, we all, all four of us had a DS, and we loved them, and... Um, Roger was very good at video games and pretty much better than everybody else at, at anything that he was good at. So, like, uh, we got Mario Kart for the Wii, and he was just, like, decidedly the best. Like, I could challenge him and beat him sometimes, but he was definitely, a, you know, a notch above me. Then we get new Super Mario Brothers Wii, which is, um, like, a newer Super Mario Brothers game, but it's made much more like the older side-scrolling Mario games. Like, it's not a 3D game where you can roam in any direction. It's side-scrolling. It's definitely much updated from the older games. And Roger sucked at it. He never played Mario growing up. (laughs) So he had none of the inherent skills that there were. Even my wife, who never was a big gamer... By any means, like she had Mario skills from playing as a kid and he had none. So he was awful at it. He would get so angry playing it because he was nowhere near like not even like he was just not quite as good as the rest of us. Like it was drastically different. And he was just like he he couldn't handle it because he was used to being better at everything. Ah, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Cracks me up. Yeah. So, uh. We spend a lot of time talking about toys. Uh, What else makes Christmas special to us? Uh, What traditions or what things do you look forward to at Christmas time? Well, something I was just thinking of that I don't remember what reminded me of this in our conversation, but this is something that recently my wife and I discovered. And I think we discovered this a, a year or two when we were driving up to see her family in the Central Valley in California. And my wife would put on the the Beach Boys holiday album, which isn't a very great Christmas album. <laughs> it's just the Beach Boys singing <laughs> like Christmas songs. And there's the Merry Christmas Baby. It's a uh, the Ooh 
Merry Christmas, baby. That yeah. song. And what I realized in that song is one of the Beach Boys, because th- there's a few different people that will sing, and he, he, it's the one with, I guess he has a deep voice, and he just says, Christmas comes this time each year. Yeah. Like over and over, and it's the stupidest line because, like, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas comes this time each year. It's like, well, well, no kidding, right? <laughs> it's like, of course, it comes this time each year because <laughs> it happens once a year. It's just like, it's, it's just, it's become this inside joke with us now, <laughs> where just one of us will, will say, Christmas comes this time each year. <laughs> just random times where when something prompts it, and it's uh, just really really funny it's one of those things where it's you hear it a hundred times growing up and you never think about it and then once you actually think about what they're actually saying it's like oh this is really really stupid (laughs) and so that's a uh, just a a fun little minor enjoyable thing that's pretty hilarious come up in our family it goes to show too that um oftentimes the the way we enjoy things like we're not even processing what we're actually enjoying but it's just like how it fits in with the experience you know like christmas music i think is a big way in a big way like that and i think one thing we've seen in the last like handful of years thanks to social media is you get people that start to pick things apart and twist them some and then that like it just becomes like an easy joke to make but um, like the, it's baby, it's cold outside song. Like, you know, every oh, yeah. year you get people posting like, this sounds like, you know, come on, just shut up about it. But, um, uh-huh. like everybody likes that song because they've, like everybody's grown up listening to it. But now, you know, people want to, everybody wants to, to distort the past. But yeah, like, uh, that Beach Boys song is a good example. I, you know, a lot of people, of course, just start, you know, pissing and moaning when Christmas music starts because they get sick of it. I've worked at a job for 17 years now where there's always music playing and there's always some stuff playing that you really would rather not hear on a regular basis. But I don't like I don't let it in. Like I the music can be playing and I just like I'm able to completely tune it out because I've worked with it for a long time. So but Christmas music like I just I like the experience. I like it being there, you know. Mariah Carey's Christmas song, like that one song, uh, All I Want for Christmas is You, right? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, like, to me, that is the the best song she's ever made and, like, the only song of hers that I ever care to hear. And I don't care how much I really don't care to hear Mariah Carey. I always like hearing that song because of it just, it's just a good Christmas song, you know? Yeah, like, I, I like Christmas music. It doesn't even have to be good. Um, it's just, like, it, it's part of the the whole ambiance of a time of year that I love. And, you know, like I said, it fits in with just the whole, that's a time of year of, you know, family and just dwelling on all the positive things and trying to be, you know, like, we should try to be good to people all year. But, like, I think when you're the type of person that tries to be good to people all year and then you hit the time of year where people who don't try all year or trying more. Like it just really feels good inside, you know? Mm -hmm. Cool. So uh, along the lines of music touch base on that, some of my favorite uh, Christmas things. One, one thing I discovered not too long ago, which is surprising because I probably should have discovered it a really long time ago is the bad religion Christmas album. Bad religion is one of my favorite bands and they did a Christmas album of just like classic Christmas songs in their bad religion style that just fast paced kind of somewhat melodic punk rock sound. And they 
do it totally straight. Like they're not trying to be ironic about it or snotty about it. They're just doing like very good, faithful versions of these songs, but just very fast and with loud guitars in in their style. And it is a really, really cool album. It can't, comes out really good. It's like, it's good enough that even my wife will listen to it because they're of how like straight and earnest they are about what they're doing. And it's a, a really cool, fun album because it's it mixes both Christmas and the type of music I usually like to listen to. And it's only 19 minutes long. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> With 18 songs on it, <laughs> uh, probably, or something Nine like that. songs, 19 minutes. So it's about two minutes a song. So uh-huh. definitely pretty fast-paced. I just downloaded it on Spotify. Okay, so I'll check cool. that out. Yeah, I you know I, I like that with the with Christmas songs you get you know you get a lot of people that uh, make quote Christmas songs that are kind of being anti Christmas or you know against the grain like to me those aren't very fun like they're they're like gimmick songs that like lose their luster very quickly so yeah I, I, like this is cool like to have I mean you were just talking about the Beach Boys Christmas album it's kind of like it. It's nice when when somebody makes a Christmas album like that. It's rare you see like I mean a punk band making a Christmas album. Kind of seems like uh, the opposite of what you would expect. Yes, to mm-hmm. especially to do it like straight up and not you know trying to rip apart Christmas or you know the things that typically the the punk scene would be anti with Christmas. Like I know uh, Blink One Eighty Two has a song on one of their albums that's uh, just anti-Christmas. Uh, you know, hating that time of year. Uh, that song stands out to me as one of those. Like the first time I heard it, like, oh, this is kind of funny, and then it gets old. One that uh, that's really quirky. That is from a uh, very underground hip hop group that that I like that I haven't listened to in a long time. They're called Grand Buffet, and their songs are all quirky and funny and weird feel like i've heard that before that i've heard of that group you might have um they like they've never been big by any means uh but they're the kind that like when you i mean like you just listening to punk rock like you you get some exposure to various kinds of indie stuff and like uh punk rock and indie hip-hop like will brush up against each other you know um i mean like sage francis signed to epitaph he was the first rapper to ever sign to epitaph and then um after him i think uh who was the atmosphere did but uh, you know others have since then and so you you get some exposure that way too like listening to punk music but they have a song about um basically santa picks him up from school and is like hey i want to hook up with your girlfriend for one night uh, Mrs. Claus is cool with it. Basically, like, you know, Santa works so hard that he just can, like, call a hookup whenever he wants. And okay. uh, <laughs> Santa knocks up his girlfriend. And that's the whole song. It's like, it's a short song, and it just is like a very weird, funny, quirky song that just makes no sense and doesn't fit in with anything. So, I don't know. Just thought I'd mention that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to look up Grand Buffet because I feel like there's some song that I know of theirs and i don't remember where or what it is uh or where i heard it the song that i think had the uh the most um i i guess visibility was a song called candy bars i'm looking on spotify and they don't like they don't have like anything on spotify it's not definitely not one of those like i'm just gonna go to my streaming service and get it like you know you you gotta put in a little bit of work to find how to listen to grandpa i guess go to youtube that's that's always the answer for something that 
you know, you find somebody releasing a bootleg copy of something or whatever. So uh, in like traditional Christmas music, the one thing that always just screams out Christmas to me and really makes me feel like, okay, it's Christmas is the Nutcracker. Growing up, my, my dad didn't really celebrate Christmas for complicated reasons I won't really get into. And it's it's different now. But when I was a kid, he wasn't really he didn't really celebrate Christmas as much. And so it was mainly my mom would do all the Christmassy stuff with us. She was the one who would put on Christmas records and get excited about Christmas with us and all that stuff. But my dad would put on the Nutcracker for us around Christmas and he would pull out a vinyl record and put it on the record player and we would listen to the Nutcracker some nights instead of whatever other Christmas album my mom would put on and I just really grew attached to that and that became something that for me like that is the Christmas music that most makes me feel like it's Christmas now is the Nutcracker because of that. I love those. Like Charlie Brown Christmas. It's all instrumental, except I think they have like, uh, they sing Hark the Herald Angel Sings is one of the songs on it. But like for the most part, it's just all instrumental. Um, mm-hmm. Like I've always loved that. One thing that's always struck me with seeing how my son relates to Christmas music, and this is like going back for years. He's eight now, but I mean, since he was little, he's never really been drawn in by kitty Christmas music. So the songs that you think would be the ones that he would, you know, like the most he he just he doesn't really have a lot of interest in them. He really likes um like the very instrumental bluesy jazzy type Christmas music that would be on. Like the stuff that like you know most of the time you think kids would just be bored with. Like he that that's the stuff that he's liked the most. Um so it's been very interesting seeing how he responds to music. I think it's so easy to overlook that type of music. And it's cool, too, because, like, my wife had different experiences growing up with what she watched or listened to or stuff like that. So, you know, she'll think of watching something like The Nutcracker um, that I wouldn't even think of. And she watches it and, uh, you know, with my son and and he or Babies in Toyland. There's another good one. Like, I never watched Babies in Toyland. Like, I had never seen it. And she wanted to see it. And we were actually trying to find a DVD of it. And then we realized it was on Disney Plus. So we were able to watch it there. And my son loved it i think that that's one of the neat things about getting married and starting a family is you take some of the traditions that you grew up with some of the traditions your wife grew up with and you kind of combine them and mix them up and change them a little bit and it's fun to see what shakes out and that's something that i've been learning because i haven't been married that long it's only been um coming up on three years now so it's uh it's it's been this is only really like our third christmas together so um it's been an experience to kind of learn what things stick what things don't stick what new things we end up doing together and stuff like that i think that that's that's a lot of fun you know and and it's uh it's a, a neat way that things change and grow when you start your own family versus just, you know, being a kid. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's cool. Cause it kind of freshens up the holidays in a way because you get new things that you're not used to. You get to share mm-hmm. the things that were important to you. And then like together you come up with your own things that can be completely different too. So it's a, a good way to, uh, to grow the holiday. Plus I found my wife likes to decorate much more than I ever would. 
<laughs> in life. So I live in a much more decorated house than I ever would if, when I was just on my own. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, one of those interesting changes. And like, I never put up Christmas lights. Well, of course, I always just lived in apartments also. So you don't really put up Christmas lights in an apartment much. But now that we're in a house, it's fun to put up Christmas lights on the house and uh, look at all the other neighbors that have Christmas lights and be one of them. It's like, oh, look at our block. We all have Christmas lights up. It's really great. You know, that's it's kind of a, a, a funny little thing. But there is a lot of satisfaction I get out of that. Like looking at how our house is one of the houses on the block that has lights on it. And they all look really neat when they're all lit up. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we've slowly been adding to what we do each year. Um, like we got Christmas lights from uh, my wife's grandmother, and they're the like they're they're not the old fashioned bulbs that I think are actually dangerous now or whatever, but they look like the old fashioned ones, even though they're still like LED bulbs or whatever. And I, like I love that old fashioned like you know big fat you know really. Um, saturated color looking, you know, classic colors of Christmas oh, lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was super excited to get those and we basically had enough to run them along our, um, our front porch. So th- them alone is like almost nothing. It's like one strand of lights uh, across, but then we got on clearance after Christmas last year, we got, uh, icicle lights. So now this year we have icicle lights running across the, the top of the, the, porch and then the those classic ones running across the banner of the porch you know and so year after year we keep on adding like a little bit inside outside whatever you know my son of course loves it all so like him being able to pick something um when we find stuff is is really exciting for him but yeah it's like it, it's kind of really cool to just keep on adding that stuff and you end up you know growing your traditions together yeah i think that that is a lot of fun it's something that i've been enjoying over the last couple of years yeah. All right. Well, I think let's uh, wrap this one up, huh? This was a, a fun Christmas celebration. It helped me get in the spirit a little bit. And hopefully everyone listening is going to have a little bit of Christmas cheer also uh, coming from this episode. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>